the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. This is your hour when Orlando Magic Senior Vice President Pat Williams sits down and speaks with authors who have written books on topics of interest and insight for listeners like you. And now, here's your host, Pat Williams. Well, welcome, folks, once again. This is the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour. You're listening to AM 950 WTLN in Orlando, Florida. Uh, Alan Dempsey engineers for us each weekend. Always appreciative of that. And Andrew Hertliska is our producer. And uh, Lawrence Wilson joins us uh, from Indiana, actually uh, Anderson University in Indiana. And uh, he's got a wonderful little booklet out, a little pamphlet. It's a good one. It's called Spiritual Disciplines. Lawrence, welcome. Nice to chat with you. Thank you, Pat. It's great to be here. Uh, before we uh, plow into this, I, I am curious about your doctoral program at Anderson University, focusing on Christian leadership in the postmodern world. Boy, that sounds exciting. Yeah. Fill, fill me in. What, what are you doing? What, what's going on? Well, that's quite a mouthful, isn't it? Yes. Uh, really, it's a, the program, and I've, I've been so blessed to be a part of it and be studying in it, the program focuses on the changes in the way we do church and the way we lead people uh, in a world where we don't take for granted the kind of assumptions that we used to be able to take for granted, say, 20, 30 years ago. And some of us who can go back that far remember when uh, a lot of people had a biblical foundation in their life. And when you appeal, for example, to the Bible as the source of truth, uh, a lot of people, maybe they, they weren't believers or churchgoers even, but they would kind of nod along with you because people accepted those foundational ideas in their worldview. But now that things have changed so much, and we live in a world where people come at truth from all kinds of different angles, and they think differently, they draw conclusions differently, and they don't readily accept many of the ideas that we once really culturally and certainly in the Church took for granted, well, it's time to rethink how we present ancient truths uh, to uh, a, a new generation and a culture that really just thinks differently than what we've been used to. And that's what that uh, program, that uh, study, is all about. Can leadership be taught Wow, that's a great question. I, I think you can teach principles for leadership, and you can teach truths about the world and truths about people, but leadership, which is the desire that people have to extend influence over others, to make a positive change and difference in their situation and in the world, whether it's something as small as being a leader in maybe your, your work context, in your office, or being a leader on a larger stage, I think there's something deep there that has to be a calling within you. 
So I'm not sure that you can teach the calling to leadership, but you sure can teach some principles for leadership and some ideas for how to motivate people, how to cast influence over others, and how to understand the context or the world in which you're trying to exercise leadership. What leaders from history, by the way, and we'll get to this pamphlet, but I'm fascinated with what you're doing at Anderson. Um, uh, what what leaders from history really uh, fascinate you? Do you have some well, le- do you have some leadership heroes? I do. I think uh, one of them is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. And uh, first of all, um, being a, a great civil rights leader, a leader in our country, accomplishing so much in the civil rights movement, and also being an ordained pastor as I am, that makes him a great hero of mine. But his ability to motivate people by appealing to the best in them and the highest goals and aspirations that people have. That's so different, Pat, from the kind of leadership we often see today in which people appeal to the negative in people Mm. and are using fear and, in my view, manipulation uh, so often to motivate people to their point of view. So somebody who is able to deal with a a difficult situation in the country and a long history of racial tension and abuse and to deal with that positively, nonviolently, that really inspires me. And the fascinating thing, one second, Lawrence, the thing that fascinates me about Dr. King uh, he did all that leading in his 20s and 30s. He was killed at age 39. Think about that. And uh, Yeah, it's just amazing when you think about uh, the giftedness that became evident uh, so early in his life and accomplished uh, more in those few years than most of us would in a lifetime of trying. Really an amazingly gifted and visionary leader. Uh, tell me about your pamphlet um, it, it, and what... what was your mission here in spiritual disciplines? Yeah, it, it's a pamphlet, 14-page, full-color pamphlet from Rose Publishing, mm-hmm. and it's on the subject of spiritual disciplines. And spiritual disciplines, where that, that word even has a negative connotation, doesn't it? Discipline. Yes. It makes you feel like you're being hauled into the principal's office or, or you're in trouble somehow. Uh, but a discipline is simply a habit or something that we do consistently. And spiritual disciplines, just like any other discipline in our lives, may be acquired. Uh, A lot of people would like, for example, to uh, maybe get in better shape, maybe lose a little weight, uh, get in a little better shape physically. But anybody who's ever tried that realizes that uh, it takes some discipline. You don't go from being uh, 30 or 40 pounds overweight to being fit and trim uh, just by thinking about it. You have to make some changes in your life, in your lifestyle, and replace some old habits with new habits uh, to stop doing some of the negative things, begin doing some of the positive things if you're going to make change. Well, spiritual disciplines uh, are about acquiring in your life the practices spiritually that puts you in closer connection with God so that He, through His Spirit, can make the changes in you that need to be made. So it's about consistently practicing the good habits, the good disciplines, 
that will put you in a position to grow in your spiritual life. Lawrence Wilson is our guest uh, from um, Anderson, Indiana. Uh, The booklet is called Spiritual Disciplines. So, Lawrence, the idea of sin has become more fluid and less exact in the minds of many Westerners. So how is this impacting the Church? Well, the concept of sin, and I know that's a dirty word, and many people don't even like to hear the word, uh, because it has a negative connotation like the word discipline does. But while we may think differently about the rights and wrongs in our lives and in the world, uh, I can assure you that what the Bible says, God's Word on the subject of truth, has, hasn't changed. And spiritual disciplines, I like to think of them as a CAT scan for the soul, because they reveal what's inside. So when we practice the disciplines, and I'll get into what those are in just a few moments, what those practices are, but when we do them consistently, they become an opportunity for God to kind of Uh, give a a soul scan and reveal within us the sins that are there, things that we do or fail to do uh, that are contrary to His will and Word, or ways that we need to change and grow in order to become more like His Son, Jesus Christ. So uh, that's how spiritual disciplines function, in a way. They identify sin in our lives, and make a point of contact where God can speak to us, reveal truth, and empower us through the Holy Spirit to be the changed people that He wants us to be. Lawrence, now I want you to talk about the fact that it's easy to see where legalism can creep in when we discuss spiritual disciplines. And so how do we keep, really, a, so how do we keep a proper God-centered perspective we got to take a break first, though, but when we come back, uh, that's the topic I want you to get into. Lawrence Wilson is our guest, the author of a booklet, uh, Spiritual Disciplines. Uh, Lawrence joins us from his home in Indiana. Uh, just a reminder, folks, you're listening to the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour. We do this show every weekend on AM 950 WTLN, and we're always delighted when you join us. We've been doing this show for many, many years, and Always look forward to uh, interesting guests and uh, information that is valuable to you. More with Lawrence Wilson right after this message. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. This just in, death, destruction, and violence. Film at 11. Come on. Is all the news really bad? How about some good news in your daily routine? You'll find it when you log on to Christianity.com. They've got great devotionals, terrific Bible study tools, quizzes, and links to the day's most inspiring stories from around the web. Get good news every day when you set your homepage to Christianity.com. Make a difference in your Internet life. Christianity.com. What puts your identity at risk? Did you swipe your debit card at the gas station? Identity thieves can place skimming devices on the payment terminals. Do you use public Wi-Fi? 
Identity thieves are known to set up shop around Wi-Fi hotspots, hoping to cash in on your personal information. Do any online banking? Go to the doctor? LifeLock reminds us that banks and health insurers are susceptible to breaches in your private information. But don't stop living your life. Get LifeLock Ultimate Plus Identity Theft Protection. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your social security number, bank and retirement accounts, credit cards, even the equity in your home. Obviously, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor transactions at every business. But you only have one identity. Protect it with the best. Enroll with LifeLock in minutes and your protection starts immediately. Visit LifeLock.com now and use promo code AWARE or call and mention AWARE to save 10% on your membership. Call 800-838-6010. 800-838-6010. We've got some great news for parents. Half-price tuition. It's available right now to some of the best private Christian schools in Central Florida. Schools like Orlando Christian Prep, One School for the Arts, King of Kings Lutheran, Longwood Academy, Altamont Christian, Apopka Christian Academy, and so many other great private Christian schools. And you can check out all the schools and the savings in one place. AmazingRadioDeals.com. No games, no gimmicks, no kidding. Start saving on tuition this fall. Go to AmazingRadioDeals.com right now. Listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. We're talking with Lawrence Wilson and his pamphlet, Spiritual Disciplines. So, Lawrence, uh, it's easy to see where legalism can creep in when we discuss spiritual disciplines. So, how do we keep a proper God centered perspective? Well, it is easy to see, and, and frankly, it happens uh, too frequently, and it has happened in some traditions and with some people, that the things you do in order to draw closer to God, well, we begin to mistake those practices for real holiness themselves. So we mistake kind of the means for the end. It's important to remember that spiritual disciplines themselves don't make anybody better. So you can read the Bible, for example, all day long, and that won't make you a better person unless your heart is open, you're seeking the Lord, and you're allowing Him to speak into your life through Scripture, as one example. So uh, what happens, or what can't happen, is that we begin to, well, use these as kind of either check marks, that there I did that one, there I did that one, I prayed today, I read my Bible today, I fasted last week and say, therefore, I'm growing spiritually. Well, that may not be the case. These disciplines are only valuable insofar as they point us to God. Uh, They're not supposed to be a heavy load that's unrealistic and unfair for people to carry. They certainly are not benchmarks by which we can judge our own spiritual maturity or the maturity of others. And it's not a way of kind of making yourself holy, it's not a, a, a works thing that we do, that I did this and therefore I'm a better person. They're simply practices that Christians have found over the centuries, over time, that if done consistently, they put us in a close connection with God and a place where He can speak into our lives. How does embracing these disciplines, Lawrence, give us hope? in spite of our failings and limitations, which we all have, right? We do. We do. And that's one of the real problems for 
uh, Christians, believers uh, in Christ, that, well, uh, we want to live a better life. We've come to God for forgiveness and for transformation, but so often we fall right back into the same patterns that we had before. We find ourselves repeating habits and failures, and it can be discouraging. Well, spiritual disciplines become, uh, first of all, they function in, in this way. They replace bad habits with good habits. So they put into your mind and into your life the positive things that you do uh, that bring you in a closer connection with God and keep your focus on Him. Second, they become a moment when God can work in you. Uh, I think the frustration comes when we try to change by ourselves. We get wake up in the morning and think, you know, I'm just going to be a better person today. Well, that usually lasts till about 9 a.m., if that long. <laughs> uh, but these disciplines, prayer, scripture, fasting, uh, faith sharing, solitude, and so on, uh, these become occasions when the Spirit can take control in our lives, and the desires that we have can be changed, uh, our will can be strengthened by the power of God, and they become an opportunity for change in our lives. But really, they, they are hopeful because they bring us further on the road of spiritual growth. They're the instrument that helps God or opens up a, a doorway for God's work in our lives. Lawrence Wilson is our guest. We're talking about his booklet called uh, Spiritual Disciplines. Um, you know what I'm interested in, Lawrence? Uh, how some of these disciplines play out in your own life and experience. Can you can you share a few? Well, for me, uh, the primary spiritual discipline in my life for most of my life has been Scripture. Now, uh, when I say Scripture, uh, you think of the Bible, of course, but there are, there are various aspects to Scripture as a spiritual discipline. Well, one is just reading the Bible. And so reading the Bible has just been the foundational way that I've had communion with God and heard His voice speaking into my life. It's amazing. You read that ancient book, and something happens that the words come off of the page, and God speaks into your mind. It's not simply reading a book, but it's God speaking to you through the Scripture. And I've had that experience countless times, Pat, it's just over and over in my life, not every day, but often enough that I seek it and look forward to it, because I know if I'm in the Word, reading the Bible consistently, God's going to show up there. Well, He's there already, but I'm going to show up, and I'm going to hear His voice through Scripture. So Scripture has been very important for me, and the study of Scripture, too. Uh, reading is one aspect of using the Bible as a spiritual discipline, but transformational study is another. And this is where often uh, group Bible study um, comes in, small groups and Bible study groups. And as we read the Word together and dig deeper into its meaning, it's it's like the Bible says, iron, as, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And as we study the Word together, uh, it takes on a, a deeper understanding. We're able to get more from it than simply by reading it ourselves. The Scripture's always been foundational for me. 
Lawrence Wilson is our guest. We're talking about spiritual disciplines. Uh, By the way, Lawrence, what's the difference between contemporary self-improvement, which is a whole industry, by the way, and biblical disciplines? What's the difference? Well, self-improvement is based on you and what you can do to make yourself uh, a a better person. So popular so-called disciplines or self-improvement techniques, uh, for you to realize your full potential and uh, really to be sufficient in yourself, and they're based on your own work and dedication. Now, I'm all for self-improvement. In fact, a little bit later today, I'm going to be out on the bicycle Mm. and uh, trying to get some cardio to keep this little body in shape. (laughs) So uh, these are important things to do. But uh, spiritual disciplines are different than that because they're not about relying on you and what you can do. Spiritual disciplines are about relying on God and what He will do in you. So the focus is the main difference. Both would have the goal of growth, or in the case of self-improvement disciplines, growth in the mind or growth in the body, but it's the focus or the basis that makes the difference. It's not about you and what you can do. It's about putting you in touch with God so that He can make change in you. Lawrence, I want you to talk about the eight key disciplines that are in this pamphlet. Uh, what are some of these? Uh, why, uh, why these eight? And discernment is one of them, I believe, right? Yes, it so, is. So can you, just, can, one, can you lead us through that? That, that, I think sure. that's important. Well, over the centuries, Christians have used a number of spiritual disciplines, and depending on what tradition you're in, what your spiritual or church background may be, uh, your faith tradition may identify different sets of spiritual disciplines, and there are a number of them. But of those, we've chosen in this booklet to concentrate on eight spiritual disciplines. There are more, but there are eight to begin with. One of them is prayer, is Bible reading, as I've mentioned, or scripture study. We've talked a little bit about that. Another is prayer. Prayer, of course, is uh, foundational. As Jesus gave us the example in prayer that he would slip away from time to time, get away from the crowd, even away from his disciples, and go off by himself, spend time seeking the Father in prayer. He taught his disciples to pray, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, um, we're uh, admonished or encouraged in scriptures to be constant in prayer, pray at all times, or pray without ceasing. So prayer is talking with God, listening to God. Uh, it requires focus, so that's why it's a discipline. It's not something we do automatically, but when we sort of shut down the outside inputs, we're able to focus on God hear from him, listen to him, and then prayer can become finally a kind of a background discipline. Like I like to call it the screensaver on your mind, that when you get advanced in your spiritual journey, that your mind goes to prayer automatically. But that takes some training, and that's what the disciplines are about. So we've talked about Bible reading and prayer. Fasting is a spiritual discipline, too. Maybe the most neglected spiritual discipline, fasting is. And interesting that some of these disciplines are things that you do, like reading the Bible or praying, 
And some of them are things that you don't do, and fasting is one of them. So you refrain from eating. That may be giving up a meal or perhaps going without a particular food for a certain length of time. And I don't know if you've had this experience, but I know I have, that you decide you're going to fast from something. Maybe it's a whole meal or even something like uh, coffee, if, if you're a coffee drinker. You think, well, today I'm going to fast from coffee. And how many times a day do you reach for that coffee cup? It's just what we do. We're in those habits and patterns. And so uh, we begin to uh, see the grip that things in the world have on us and how we allow other things to take the place of God in our lives. Fasting is a great antidote to selfishness for that reason. Uh, Worship, service, solitude are also disciplines in this publishing. Uh, worship is focusing the mind on God, Sunday worship or weekend worship with your congregation. That's the best place to start. But worship is individual, too. And uh, we focus our attention on God uh, through music sometimes, by meditating. And as with prayer, you find that this can become habitual in time. You begin to look for God at work in every situation you're in, and see what he's doing in every relationship that you encounter. But it takes some discipline, some thinking of the mind, to do that. And you mentioned discernment. Uh, We think of that primarily as a spiritual gift, and it is one. But discernment can also be a discipline. I think we live in a time when Christians need discernment, that is, the ability to know and to detect or see God's will in any given situation. Now, sometimes that's seeing right from wrong, and sometimes that's discerning what's the best thing to do in a certain situation. Uh, Discernment is the practice as a discipline of seeking God through Scripture, through the counsel of others, through prayer, and discerning His will and what uh, for any situation. And the last one treated in this booklet is evangelism, number eight, or faith sharing. Mm. It's an amazing thing what God does in you when you begin to share your faith with others. I want you to talk about moving from bad habits to good habits. What 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 can you teach us? Well, first of all, I think you need to know your bad habits. So, uh, one of the fruits or the results of these disciplines is that they do reveal that to you. Uh, by seeking God through prayer and Scripture and other disciplines, you, you begin to see what needs to change. So that's first. Second, really you have to confess that to God and say, I, yeah, I know I'm wrong about that, or I, I know I've been wrong. I admit my need for change. Um, being accountable that is so important. I can say to myself, hey, you know, I'm going to make a change in my life. I'm going to stop a practice maybe that that I know has been dragging me down, and I'll just make that agreement inside my head. Well, that doesn't have much strength. But when I tell my wife about that, boy, then I know somebody's watching, somebody's holding me accountable, and accountability is so important. So beginning disciplines moving from bad habits to good habits, 
it's important to make yourself accountable to a friend or a partner who can help you with that. Well, I got to thank you immensely here, Lawrence. We've had a good visit. Congratulations on this booklet. It's valuable. Spiritual disciplines and uh, go get that doctorate done. And that's going to sound pretty good, isn't it, Dr. Wilson? That'll have a nice ring to it. Lawrence Wilson. Has Thank been... you, Pat. All the best to you, Lawrence. Take care. We've got more after this Thanks. on the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour. It's AM 950, WTLN in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. Tired of dentures that slip? Fed up with the gooey adhesives? <laughs> the taste and the mess? Yuck. Maybe you don't wear dentures, but you have a few teeth that are in need of replacing. Let me guess, the expense is holding you back, right? Well, we have your solution. Half Price Dental Implants. Just go to AmazingRadioDeals.com and click on Half Price Dental Implants. No gimmicks, no tricks, just fine quality implants so you can have the smile you've always wanted. And for half the price, hurry, this offer will go fast. Log on now at AmazingRadioDeals.com for Half Price Dental Implants. Got the right job? Are you happy? Does your work matter? Start the new year with ChristianJobs.com, the largest website for matching Christians with careers to get excited about. ChristianJobs.com. Imagine an acne treatment breakthrough that even Proactive says is better than Proactive. Announcing today's Proactive Plus, the revolutionary way to clear your skin from the number one name in acne care. Proactive Plus is our best, most effective solution ever. And when you call 1-800-738-1912 today, you can have it tomorrow. Proactive Plus is the modern acne miracle that treats your skin beautifully. The plus means more. More precise, targeted medicine for faster, gentler acne prevention. Plus, more skin-loving solutions so your complexion can look bright and beautiful. I am just so happy with Proactive Plus. I don't think my skin has ever looked this good. Call 1-800-738-1912. Be one of the first to try Proactive Plus. Guaranteed 100% risk-free. Call right now. And even the shipping is free. Call 1-800-738-1912. 1-800-738-1912. Things are heating up at AmazingRadioDeals.com because now half-price cooling is available. Go to AmazingRadioDeals.com to get all the details. No games, no kidding, half-price cooling. Available right now at AmazingRadioDeals.com. Listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Lawrence Wilson, our guest, in that first half hour, we talked about his new book, Spiritual Disciplines. Uh, Jane Rubietta is with us from uh, Park Ridge, Illinois. Uh, the book is called Finding Your Promise. She really dives into the life of Abraham from barren to bounty, the life of Abraham. Jane, nice to visit with you. I hope you're doing well. Thank you. It's it's great to have spring. Uh, tell me about your interest in Abraham. Where, where did that all develop? Sat, you're a big fan, obviously. Well, I I, I have always liked the Old Testament, um, but I I particularly began to be fond of Abraham when we ended up in a similar place in terms of God calling us and us not knowing where we were going, but knowing it was real clear that we needed to start packing. <laughs> um, and it seems like we've done that a few times in our ministry life. And so when I when I reread the story of Abraham, starting in Genesis 12, I was just profoundly moved by 
by his face, you know, his his absolute obscurity and calling him out of that, you know, insignificance to a life that has become really it's a hallmark for us in terms of our own faith journeys. Jane, in your book, you say that God's blessings are not a right but a privilege. Uh, do you think we get these confused at times? Well, I think partly. I mean, we live in America, so there's a part of us that just thinks we we deserve privilege, and and yeah, I do think that that we get right and and privilege uh, confused. But what God said is is that I'm going to bless you, not because you deserve it, not because you're famous, not because you're rich, not because you're cute, not because you make a lot of money. But God just called Abraham and said, I'm going to bless you, and here's the deal. You are going to be a blessing. Mm. So with that blessing comes this deep responsibility. And I, and I think that we also not only believe that we should just get to be blessed, but we don't always realize that, that we're supposed to do something with that. You use the life of Abraham as an example of how to move toward our promise. Uh, what's the critical order of God's calling? What have you learned there? Well, first of all, that that God said, leave and go. Mm. I want you to leave. And I think we're, we're pretty good at going for the in, in many ways, but we're not very good at leaving. We don't know how to do that very well. And, and to leave well means to grieve. It means to celebrate. It means to uh, make restitution sometimes. It means to repent. It means to repair breaches in walls and relationships. You know, there's a lot that comes with with leaving. Mm -hmm. And when we moved recently, uh, we had to leave behind a whole lot of stuff. Just, I mean, tangible, you know, physical stuff Mm -hmm. because we downsized so much. But you also leave behind a whole lot of other things. So there's leaving and then there's going. And this going part it, it's part adventure and part um, terror, I think. You know, it can be very exciting, but it's also, there's this huge unknown. You don't know where you're going, you don't know. I mean, you may know where you're going, like, I'm going to get a new job, or I'm going to get married, or I'm, you know, there's this new newness happening. But in terms of what, what that's going to demand of you, and what it's going to be like to live in that newness, it's it's adventurous and it's scary. So that order is important to leave and go. But also God says, to the land I will show you. As in, you don't actually know where you're going yet, mm. but I'm going to show you. And that that faithfulness of God is so important for all of us as we try to live faithful lives. God is going to show us this day. God will show us tomorrow when we get there. What do you mean that recognizing God's blessing requires a new lens? When you look at, at what what God had to say, um, you know, when He said, "I will bless you, and I will I will make your name great. I will bless you, and you will be a blessing, and all the nations on earth will bless me and bless you because you've." because you've been a blessing, and, and there's this beautiful blessing wheel that's going on, and it would be easy for us to think that blessing means we're going to have wealth, we're going to have prosperity, we're going to have health, we're going to have trophy children, we're going to have the, the fabulous spouse, we're going to get the good car. Um, blessing in the scriptures, it does not have the connotation of 
um, uh, of material wealth. It does not have that at all. What it really is is God showing God's goodness to us. And if you if you look in the New Testament, Jesus has a whole different take on on blessing. Jesus <laughs> Jesus said, "Blessed are you." When people revile you, blessed are you when you're cursed, blessed are you when you suffer, blessed are you when you mourn. And so blessing is, is this very unique gifting that gift that God gives each one of us where we are able through the circumstances in our lives to experience God's goodness. And sometimes it's like digging through rubble to find, uh, find the pearl. Jane Rubietta, our guest, we're talking about her book, Finding Your Promise. Uh, Jane, you say that striving to be great is dangerous and can ruin us. Uh, fill us in on that. Well, you've probably, you've probably had some experience with people striving to be great and how hard it is uh, to maintain integrity in that kind of a place because greatness brings an awful lot of temptation. You have all the money in the world. Well, you can do whatever you want with it. You can buy secrets. You can you can buy secrecy. You can you know you can spend it on all sorts of awful things. You can um, become abusive. I mean, we see that in in sports. We see that in Hollywood. We see that in politics. You you begin to get great and you begin to lose. Uh, it's easy to lose your sense of accountability and responsibility and integrity. So so great is great is a huge. Um, it's a it's a huge risk, I think, and it's not something I would wish on anybody because it brings such demands on us. Um, but that's why I love it that God says, "I will make your name great." And then there's almost like there's this P.S. I get to define what great looks like for you. Now, Jane, here's another key point: uh, mindfulness. Uh, which you call one of the paths to true, true greatness. Uh, wh- what do you mean? What is mindfulness? Mindfulness, to me, is is paying attention to right now, paying attention to what God is trying to do right now, what God is speaking into me right now, what God might be speaking through this person I'm with right now, uh, paying attention to the circumstances, the setting to the Holy Spirit, and through through that mindfulness being... I think that moves us to this place of being truly alive and truly present. And and in that way, we, we get to become, um, I think we become more and more representatives of true greatness, as in, like, how Jesus really lived his life. I think that's how, that's how Jesus lived. Uh, you, you say that our past shapes us, but it doesn't own us. Uh, I, I need you to expand on that. A lot of us, a, a lot of us worship yesterday. A, mm-hmm. a lot of us worship the wounds of yesterday. We idolize the things that happened before, and um, and a lot of people are imprisoned by their past. You know, by their record of, um, you know, I mean, I mean, for instance, if, if once you're a felon, you're always a felon. That is never wiped off your record, and I think. Uh, I think that's wrong, but also I think that many, many, many people live like that, where we are imprisoned by our past record, and and we allow that to shape us, or or our wounds to shape us. So you could say, Pat, I mean, I don't know anything about your past, but you could say 
that your entire identity is based on growing up in an alcoholic home. I don't know that you that that happened for you. I'm just pulling something out of the air. Mm-hmm. So you are, you know, until so you walk around and you tell people, I am an adult child of an alcoholic. Well, you grew up in an alcoholic home, maybe, but that's not who you are. And so it, it shapes who you are, but that doesn't get to be your whole identity. And so that's what I mean when I say our past shapes us, but it doesn't get to own us. Well, our wounds don't have to own us anymore. Um, that wonderful job that we used to have and we don't anymore, that doesn't have to be our master anymore. God gets to write a new story today and has new plans for tomorrow. And, and we, we can begin to, if we can leave yesterday well, then we can begin to live well today and look forward to what comes next. Jane Rubietta has uh, put together a wonderful book, Finding Your Promise, From Barren to Bounty, uh, The Life of Abraham. Uh, by the way, you've got a great quote in here, Jane. Yesterday's death won't derail today's life. That's an interesting one. Any any observations on that? Well, sure. So if you if we actually look at Abraham, Abraham did just some crazy things that that we look at today and go, "Whoa, what were you thinking, buddy?" Um, <laughs> and, and if you if you look at that, uh, he could he he could just have that define him. It's a little bit like what we were just talking about in terms of our our past getting to own us, but. But if we let, if we don't allow that to happen, then the things that went wrong earlier in our lives do not have to derail us from living well today. In fact, they can become really powerful building blocks or stepping stones to today if we can manage them. And I think in some circles, that looks like pretending they didn't happen, or it looks like saying, well, you know, I mean, I know Jesus. So I am well, it is well with my soul, all is well. Um, and I don't think that's particularly healthy either because we, we haven't figured out how to honor what did happen in good and bad. Um, but once we do that, we can begin to live fully today because we're not, we're not wearing those shackles from yesterday anymore. Jane Rubietta is our guest, author, and speaker, an IU, Indiana University School of Business graduate. Uh, She uh, has provided training and help for leaders and lay people in Asia, Latin America, Europe, throughout North America. And uh, we're talking about her new book, which is called Finding Your Promise. The unknowns of life, Jane, often generate fear. So how can we best navigate these times? Well, part of it is that we, we know that they are inevitable, the unknowns of life. Uh, but and and they do. I do think that they they generate fear for us, uh, particularly if we give them too much power. And so for me, it helps if I can just keep coming back to. Okay, well, wait. I remember in this place of unknown, and God really really came through there. And then if you look at today, and uh, the future is unknown. It's always future. Unknown is always the future. It's never right now. You know what's happening right now. You're thinking, I'm afraid for tomorrow. (laughs) Um, And so we can navigate that by realizing that we have fear about that. And then we can navigate our way to God and just say, God, you were good yesterday. You handled yesterday really well. You've been faithful throughout my whole lifetime. um, And you promised to be faithful always. So I can trust you for tomorrow. To me, that is 
that is the first, the, the, the step one and two. Notice it and redirect to God right away as soon as you notice. Jane, sometimes we're so desperate for God to act that we take matters into our own hands. What can you teach us about learning to wait on his promises? There's a fine, there's a really a balance between passivity and overstepping and stepping outside of the, the realm of faith. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, sure. Uh, we, we, yeah, so we, you look at that and... Um, I think I think I think figuring out what we can do that is still faith filled is critical to to this waiting process. I mean if if I want to be okay, let's say I want to be a basketball player. And um I can sit around and hope that somebody finds me or I can start practicing and I can do some pickup games. And you could talk more, you could talk about this forever, couldn't you? Sure. Um, you don't sit around and be passive, uh, but also also there's a limit to what you can do that, and, and still be faithful. So faithful to waiting on the right timing. So for, uh, so for instance, I knew God was calling me to be a speaker and a writer, and it's very easy to just think, oh, everything depends on me. Well, a lot depends on me. Jane Rubietta is our guest. we got more with Jane. Uh, talking about her new book, Finding Your Promise. Uh, Just a reminder, this is the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour. You're listening to AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. Back after this. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. We've got some great news for parents. Half-price tuition. It's available right now to some of the best private Christian schools in Central Florida. Schools like Orlando Christian Prep, One School for the Arts, King of Kings Lutheran, Longwood Academy, Altamont Christian, Apopka Christian Academy, and so many other great private Christian schools. You can check out all the schools and the savings in one place. AmazingRadioDeals.com. No games, no gimmicks, no kidding. Start saving on tuition this fall. Go to AmazingRadioDeals.com right now. I've been searching for ways to grow deeper in my faith and strengthen my daily walk, and I found it at Crosswalk.com. From Bible study tools to Christian living articles, devotionals, movie reviews, to marriage and finance articles, well, you get the idea. Crosswalk.com also has a great online community of Christians just like me. With everything just a click away, it's like having a trusted friend, teacher, and mentor right here at my desk every day. Crosswalk.com, the intersection of faith and life. Join Richard Jordan, president of Grace School of the Bible, as he opens God's Word every Sunday afternoon at 5.30 on the new 950 WTLN. If you miss the Sunday broadcast, you can listen and study along with Dr. Jordan 24-7 at WTLN.com by clicking on the podcast tab and then Riches of Grace, Riches of Grace, a service of Grace Impact Ministries at GraceImpact.org. 5.30 Sunday on the new 950 WTLN. Quality, convenient, affordable. Carolina Mountain Water has been serving Central Florida for over 25 years with the best quality and best tasting water at the most affordable prices. Carolina Mountain Water offers free home and office delivery with no annual contract or no minimum order. Get refreshed by calling 407-851-7144. Call today for their special offer, 407-851-7144. Online at carolinabottledwater.com. Come. 
listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Jane Rubietta is the author of uh, Finding Your Promise from Baron to Bounty, The Life of Abraham. You talk about the need for candid evaluation of life's choices, Jane. Uh, why is that important? I, th- I think we need to be honest, Pat, about what what our options are before us and, and to just say, cause, because a lot of times I think we make choices based on our own uh, based on, like we talked about before, our own wounds. We base our choices on, uh, you know, uh, superficial desires. And and I think if we can begin to be honest about, let's see, why do I really want to do this? Is it for my own glory? Is it so that I look good? Do I want to make my name great? Uh, do I want to see if God can let me be a blessing in this place? So we could go back to that original promise that God made Abraham, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless you, and you are going to be a blessing. We go back to that, those three things, and just see if we can line up every single choice we make with that original promise from God, that promise and that calling. And then we are being candid. Let's see. Will this bless anybody? Does this just bless me? Does this make me look good, or is this a way that I can I can pour into other people's lives? Now I want to talk to you, Jane, about timing. Uh, it seems that God's timing and our timing are often years apart. So how can we learn to wait instead of acting when we need to? Mm. It helps if we can start to just, to go again, go back to that original promise, go back to the way Abraham lived his life. He lived his whole life. God said, I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to give you this land that I'm going to show you, and you're going to get to live here. Well, Abraham never had a house. He he died without ever seeing that promise fulfilled. He probably did get to see his grandkids, but he didn't get to see he didn't get to see uh, he never got to build a foundation. He, the only piece of land that they owned that he owned was a cave where his wife Sarah was buried. He died without the scriptures tell us without ever receiving the promise. And yet, what what we see about Abraham is that he continued to bless. He continued to be an advocate. He stood in the gap for for his nephew Lot, who is a recipe for dysfunction. If I ever saw one, <laughs> um, and and he began to be called the friend of God. That's the first. He's the first person that we see in the scriptures called a friend of God. And so, even though he's waiting for what he can't see yet, what he can't see is that. He is called to live into this promise really, really well today. So I think that's how we learn to wait instead of take matters into our own hands. Because he did take matters into his own hands. Uh, he and Sarah, oh, God is not giving us this baby soon enough. Well, let's just take matters into our own hands. I know Sarah says, Abraham, you go, you go, um, have, uh, you go get married to my slave girl and you make a baby and then that'll be the child of the promise. Mm. No. They, they needed to wait. It was going to be 15 more years before that the child of promise was born. And I wonder what might have happened differently as we see the whole world unfold ever since those beginning days. What might have changed had they waited on God? Jane, how do we develop a reckless faith in God? 
it helps if we can just say, I don't have to know everything here, but I do know this. I know that God has, has created me to do this, to be a blessing. God has created me to, to stand in the gap. God has created me with these gifts. And it, we, can live, we can live recklessly by just plunging into using those. Um, what will it look like to bless when somebody is not being a blessing back to you? What will it look like for you to pour into somebody's life who may not be very grateful? Maybe it's a lot. You know, it's a nephew lot in your life. What does it look like uh, to live wisely but also be live with abandon? And the scriptures tell us um, God is able to do exceeding abundantly all that we could ask or imagine and that, that the Holy Spirit can do uh, by just pouring God's love into our hearts that we can just be overflowing with that. Well, that is living with abandon. We can do that without any risk or cost to ourselves because it's not our love we're giving away in the first place. It's, it doesn't matter to us if they would accept it or reject it because it's God's in the first place. Jane Rubietta uh, lives in the suburbs of Chicago, uh, an author, speaker, trainer, teacher. She does it all. Finding Your Promise is her new book. Uh, Jane, you say... Are you right that our times of testing equal our time of trust? Uh, I need you to expand on that, please. The, the tests that come to us are are always designed for our good, and and that the testing is all is part of the way we begin to demonstrate how much we really trust God. When you look at Abraham, God said, I want you to leave and go. And that word, uh, when God said go, it, it's from the Hebrew word. It means, it's, it's, it, the Hebrew word is lech lecha, and it, it means to break with, to break with your past in that instance. But then God said, I want you to go to Mount Moriah, and it's the same word, to break with, and offer your son Isaac on the altar to break with your future to break with your hopes for the future, to break with everything. Um, and that takes an in, that test was about trust. How much do you trust me? How much do you love me? Are you hoping for my promises to unfold, or are you hoping for me? And I think that every time we run into the, the snags and pitfalls in our lives, that we can begin to, we can go back to that question. Am I hoping for the promises? Or am I hoping for the promisor? Interesting, right? Now, you end the book by saying that we are called to break away from our past and walk away from all that will hold us back. How do we do this, Jane? <laughs> well, let me give a disclaimer there. Like, don't go, don't call your boss and quit your job. You know, don't call your wife and say, whoa, I'm walking away. That isn't at all what I'm saying you know, right there. So if you, so now that we have the disclaimer out there, what it's really, what I'm really saying is that if we can, um, if we can walk away from our, the, our own mistakes, our, our tragedies, if we can leave and grieve and go, well, um, that God is in, God has this amazing trajectory for each one of us. God has called each one of us out of the obscurity, just like Abraham, out of our obscurity 
into a life of significance. But if we're going to hold on to our past, if we're going to hold on even to to how this morning feels or how it is to wake up in our own home, if we're going to hold on to all of that, then then we may well not be free to walk into the blessing God wants to give us and wants to give through us into this world. And so it's really just not letting anything own you, not your past, not your present, not your stuff, but letting God have you. That's great. What do you want people to take from our conversation here, Jane? Honestly, I, if, if we could every single day wake up and go, this is a day that I get to live into the promise God made me, that God would bless me and make me a blessing. Help me to see that today. Help me to live that today. I mean, I would be ecstatic. And you know what else? I think the world would change. Mm. How about Abraham? He's something, quite a quite a man. And uh, he was. Do, do you do you look upon him as a great leader? Oh, I do. I really do. You know, even though even though you look at some of his moves and go, well, my boy, I don't see God calling him to do that. What I see is that his character arc is is consistently one of growth and his steadfastness. He holds on to God. Even when the promises are not quick to appear, Abraham keeps holding on to God. And I, I do see him as a great leader. Well, Jane, a million thanks. I'm so glad we could visit. Congratulations on your book. And uh, we've had a wonderful visit here across Central Florida. You take good care of yourself. Thank you, Pat. Great to be together. Jane Rubietta, our guest, her book, Finding Your Promise. Uh, We have a wrap-up here on the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour right after uh, these messages. You're listening to AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. Hi, I'm Barbara Sandbeck, your host on Grace Notes, a 15-minute program that contains biblical teaching and a wide variety of music. Some of the subjects we address are why do we have trials and cultivating intimacy with God. You can listen right here on WTLN every Sunday at 2.45 p.m. Can't catch the whole broadcast? Visit our podcast on the web 24-7 on WTLN.com. So tune in. You won't want to miss it. Listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Thanks for joining us, folks, for the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour. Uh, you've been listening to AM 950 WTLN. Lawrence Wilson, our guest in the first half hour, uh, talking about his pamphlet, Spiritual Disciplines. And then Jane Rubietta from her home in the suburbs of Chicago. Finding Your Promise. Uh, That was uh, our topic with Jane. Uh, Please visit my website. It's patwilliams.com. The Twitter page, Orlando Magic Pat. And my most recent book is out. It is called 21 Great Leaders. Uh, We uh, take 21 leaders who really have impacted our world and do a chapter on each one of them. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, The book is in bookstores now and uh, up on Amazon.com as well. Uh, We're back next weekend for more on the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour. Uh, You're listening to 950 WTLN in Orlando. 
And uh, above all, have a terrific week ahead. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the Pat Williams Power Hour. Join us again next week at this same time on the intersection of faith and reason. The new 950 WTLN. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.